0: Welcome to We Are Meaningful, a podcast where we transform the anonymous experiences of Black and brown talent into powerful audio narratives. Each month, we center the dialogue around a common theme, providing you, our listeners, with the tools and resources you need to help navigate, grow, and thrive in corporate spaces. Our stories, experiences, and our voices are meaningful. We. Are meaningful. Hi everyone, this is Crystal. And this is Krista. And welcome to another episode of the We Are Meaningful podcast.
1: It's episode Why did you just sound like Pee-Wee Herman? <laughs> and welcome
0: <laughs> listen, listen. So this is not what this episode is about, but I loved Pee-Wee Herman as a kid. My sister used to get so angry because my dad would take me to the video store every weekend and we would get Big Top Pee Wee every single time. And I would watch it every single weekend, multiple times.
1: I, I was not a Pee Wee Herman girl. I was a Barney girl. Oh, I like Barney, too. Yeah, I loved Barney. I love Barney. Do you remember those VHS tapes that were white? And then they had, like, the pinky purple, like, font on them. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I love those. And I would, like, put in my Barney tape. I love you. You love me. Like-
0: what, was, what was the um, the girl
1: dinosaur's
0: name, the green one?
1: Uh, Baby Bop. Yeah, Baby Bop. Baby Bop. Oh Baby Bop. She was so pretty. She
0: was cute.
1: She was so cute. Those lashes. I know, I know. kill for big, those lashes. Eyes <laughs> and the lashes. Ah, uh, to be a triceratops. <laughs> Jk, I don't even know if that's what she was. Yeah, me either. No clue. What is it? The yellow one. Bj was a triceratops.
0: Yeah. Was he? Okay, that was yes. her brother.
1: Yes. How? Are no, they related? Barney was her brother.
0: No, Bj was her brother. Barney was not, not her a brother. Why is children's
1: character named Bj? Mm. that's terrible (laughs) I never got that like as I got older and I realized what that acronym was I was like that's so weird BJ is my favorite character on Barney he's so spunky (laughs) yeah no
0: Mm. so we are way off topic I think that's okay yep it's a pandemic. It is. It is it is definitely a pandemic. And I feel like I've been sitting in this chair for 20 hours.
1: I have been sitting in this I've been <laughs> We've been sitting in this chair since March. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. Basically. Yeah. Yeah,
0: basically. Okay. So, guess what episode it is? Um tw-
1: 25
0: no, you're wrong.
1: Episode 30. Oh my gosh, really? Yep, yeah, episode 30.
0: Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> it feels like a hundred.
0: I know, I can't believe we even <laughs> made it this far. <laughs> Me neither. It gets rough out here in these streets, but we got to make it happen because we have our listeners out there and we really do it every week
1: for y'all. We you <laughs> gotta you gotta give the people what they want, all these triggers mm-hmm. and these traumas. Yes. Reliving it here every Thursday with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. And that brings us to our
0: next topic. So this month's narrative is assimilate, please. So we're gonna go ahead and play it, and we'll be back to discuss. Let's roll the narrative.
1: I was so happy to get a position at this huge company knowing that leadership spoke openly about their inclusive culture, where associates, not employees, can be themselves, learn, and grow. There was a glossy pitch, advertisements, commercials, and videos that captured the mission and vision I eagerly wanted to join. So when I started, I was puzzled. I can't put my finger on it. It might have been the templated responses, both verbal and written, or the nonchalant surrendering of breaks, sick, and vacation time for the sake of productivity. Or maybe it was the subtle uniform dress code. But it was obvious that once the time card was stamped, We were no longer Keisha, Jason, or Lisa. We were just numbers. Our individuality was slowly and deliberately being stripped away for the sake of sameness. When discussions around hot news topics started to surface like hashtag Black Lives Matter, immigration reform, workplace discrimination, there was an extreme lack of sympathy. And I would hear versions of You're not like them. You're not like most dot dot dot. You're different. But am I? There lacked a connection to identity, especially race and ethnicity. Often with statements like, I don't see color. You can be blue, green, or purple. All I see is a person. But you do see it. And now I want you to acknowledge it so you can respect my experiences and appreciate me as a whole person. Once a customer said, I can't stand talking to black people. Instead of their associate acknowledging the outburst, they told me, don't mind them, they're ignorant. As if ignoring it would remedy the issue. The comments and microaggressions were frequent, without recourse, and eventually took their toll. I didn't feel supported, accepted, secure, happy. My resentment turned to fear where I would dread what awaits me following the weekend. I hate Mondays hit different. I no longer felt like compromising my health and extending mental and physical energy for this company. I had to take matters into my own hands. And that meant going to a therapist to cope with the toxicity until I found a better place to land. One that didn't perpetuate a colorless workhorse environment, but this utopia that welcomed and celebrated my identity. A day when all of the colors in the crown box were appreciated for the picture they create. Because at the end of
0: the day, I cannot take my fucking skin color off. I cannot mask this shit, okay? Everywhere I fucking go, I'm profiled whether I like it or not. Right, right. Like, I'm looked at whether I like it or not. It. This shit, I can't take this shit off. So guess what? I'm going to die about it. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to die about my fucking skin. To the, light the sky, up. Watch the light lift up. So, Krista, you've done it again. You've captured the story. You've captured the emotion. And I think many of our guests who are going to join us this month really resonated with this narrative.
1: Why do you think that is? I think there's a couple of reasons. I think the first thing is that as any marginalized identity group, but especially as like black and brown women, right? Most spaces aren't built with us in mind. Most spaces require that we adapt or integrate and sometimes very well assimilate in order for us just to like fit in and exist and to be successful. Um, and, and I'm not talking even just inside the workplace, outside of it too. Like if we go all the way back to like school days, right? So I, I think for the most part you get older and you assume that things will change and then you come to work and you realize it's the same playground BS where people are um, needing you to assimilate to their personality, their preferences, their culture in order for you to be accepted. And that's not something that's new to black and brown women. And I think, um, you know, we took it an extra step further and we decided to include a snippet of Aluwa Toyin Salau's, like a speech that she was giving at a protest before she was so like disgustingly taken from this earth. And it was really important for me that we had her voice in this narrative, especially because of the fact that she had been fighting for this exact thing, right? She said it. She said, I can't take this off. Everywhere I go, this is who I am. And we're kind of asking just once, it'd be great if people would appreciate it, respect it, and just acknowledge that we're gonna be different you're different to me i'm different to you how about we just respect that and keep it pushing why is it that i have to blend with what makes you comfortable um and yeah so she's yeah it was it was a very very sad story and i just connected with her immediately and, you know, the minute that she was missing, I I told you about it. And I was like, this is Tallahassee. I, I spent like four plus years in Tallahassee. This is really important to me. I feel really connected. So when we learned of her passing, I was, it was really hard.
0: I'm glad we were able to incorporate her voice into this month's narrative, especially because in the narrative, we talk a lot about people saying they don't see color, which we all know that as soon as you see me, if you call the police, the first question they're gonna ask you is what is my race? So are you gonna say, "Uh, I'm not sure, I don't see color. You're actually gonna tell them that I'm black. So for people to say, you know, that doesn't matter, when it really does is very frustrating. So I'm glad
1: we're able to incorporate her voice. Right, I think also a reason that people tend to say that is because they assume that people of color don't wanna be known for being of color. I think a lot of the times people assume that ideally people of color wish they were white. So they're like, I don't see color. I don't, I don't see it, I don't see it. We're all the same, nobody's better than anybody else. And it's like, mm, but there's a big group of people that's treated better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. So w- when they're avoiding the race topic, it's almost n- <laughs> like it's not because it makes them uncomfortable alone, it's that they also don't want to make us uncomfortable and it's like, I know I'm brown. I didn't wake up today surprised or appalled. I know i'm brown i would appreciate it if other people acknowledged it and we kept it pushing yeah yeah
0: and that you appreciated and valued me based on my life experiences because those experiences mean a lot in the grand scheme of things and our lives are not just one big struggle just want to throw that out there so when i hear the word assimilate almost like a trigger word for me, because it basically just says, I want you to be status quo. I want you to be the same as every other person that's walking around here, because that feels most comfortable, that feels right, that feels in line, And when I think about the word assimilate, it actually takes me back to an experience that I've had in the past. And it it wasn't necessarily a negative experience. So I had a leader in the past and he was like one of the nicest people I've ever met. And he just would always say assimilate, assimilate, assimilate. Like whenever he was sharing information and I'm just like, please stop saying assimilate. (laughs) What is going on So I basically had to have a conversation With him to talk about What assimilate really means And then he better understood That that may not be the best Word to use
1: Maybe integrate Is a better word This is so crazy I had this exact same experience At my first company Where we were in like a call And it was like this really old white guy and he just kept saying assimilate. And then eventually somebody else called it out because I was the only person of color in the room. Somebody else said it and they were like, hey, I think that word isn't like socially acceptable anymore. And he got offended and he was like, why? I mean, it's just a word. And then we said the same thing. It was like, well, it it has some connotations with it and I gave them a little bit of backstory and history, and then I suggested we use integrate. And he got a little huffy. <laughs> like, what's the difference? And I'm like, I know, I know, to you there is no difference because you've never been asked to that, asked to do that. It's interesting that you said when you hear assimilate, you hear sameness. When I hear assimilate, I hear, I want you to be like me, which means assimilation changes all the time, based on the company you're with, based on the person or the group that you're interacting with or the team that you're on. So it's actually pretty emotionally exhausting because every time it looks like something different. We want you to assimilate to what exists here that's most comfortable to me, that's most like me, that comes naturally to me.
0: What are some other phrases that you've heard in corporate spaces that just make you cringe?
1: The only race I care about is the human race. I don't get what the big deal is. Everybody's so sensitive nowadays. So I think it's one thing to be well-intentioned, well-intentioned, I'm doing air quotes right now, to be well-intentioned and think that saying something like all lives matter, I only see one race, I don't see any color, means that you're an equitable individual. But there's a layer of dismissiveness and apathy that comes with saying things like this, because like we talked about at the beginning of the call, you're not willing to acknowledge and appreciate the differences and the cultures and the perspectives within those backgrounds once you try to whitewash everybody, right? Because that's essentially what's happening. You're taking like a painting with all of these different colors and you're just painting with one white brush all over it in broad stroke, trying to make it all equitable and seem the same. But that's not how the world works and that's definitely not how the system works and that's absolutely not how your freaking eye sockets work. So <clears throat> I think when people say things like that, when it Sometimes it can be well-intentioned, like I mentioned, but for the most part, it definitely feels dismissive. Whether or not people say that last bit, right? I don't get what the big deal is or everybody's so sensitive these days. That means that you don't recognize the power that skin color actually has over our lives and even in your life, mm-hmm. whoever you are that said that you don't take that power, that privilege, that lack of privilege seriously enough if you're willing to say something like that. So that's typically what I think when I, when I hear very broad statements like that. Thank you for bringing up privilege.
0: I think that's really important, especially when we talk about race because a lot of people who are not people of color will say, well, I had a hard life too. Not realizing that your life may have been hard, but the point of privilege or white privilege in general is that your skin color was not something that made your life hard. Unfortunately for many other people who are people of color, Their skin color has actually made their contributed to some of the hardships in their life. But again, our life is not one big bubble of hardship, but we do face different barriers and can face different barriers based on our skin color. What I love about this narrative is that the person that we talked to who shared this story with us shared how they sought help they they sought support because these experiences are traumatic they're traumatic they aren't reasonable <laughs> they shouldn't be happening and i think for many they've been in organizations where this is the norm like it's a toxic workplace people say things all the time, like microaggressions just going back and forth all the time. So to them, they're thinking, this is just what work is like. And I would say I've been one of those people that would say, this is just how work is, right? But this is not how work should be. And if you are experiencing something similar, consider how you can seek assistance, whether that be through some sort of self-care practice, mindfulness, seeing a therapist, those things are really important and you should never feel embarrassed about seeking help because you're going through a traumatic experience at work.
1: Yeah, and I think another big piece of it is seeking community. Like that's why we started Meaningful in the first place, sure. But also I've said this before, when I walk into a space, I am screening the whole room for another person of color. And the minute I see one, I like light up. And we might not have anything in common except that we both understand the expectation of assimilation. We both know what it's like to walk into a space and wear a shade of yourself or have to put on a mask in order to in order to fit in. So, I think just connecting with other people in your space to help support you and people that you can lean on and you can do the same for them too that was a perfect transition
0: into community networking having people you can connect with because we're having another bring your own snacks event this this month it's going to be on saturday August 29th. (laughs) (laughs) And just like the last two, this month's event is going to be centered around this month's narrative. Assimilate, please. And we have a wonderful lineup of speakers. We got some surprises. We even have a episode that's going to air this month as part one. And at the event, you're going to hear part two. So, you got to make sure that you're there, right? Be
1: there. You're not doing nothing else. Exactly. None of us are. We're all stuck at home. We are. We are. For the most part, I do hope that everybody's stuck at home. Um, I am in Florida, so nobody else in any other state has an excuse, okay? I have more temptations than anybody else, so. What temptations? (laughs) The beach? The temptations of the fact that everything is open, (laughs) Yeah, everything is like business as usual down here. It's
0: totally ridiculous. I would say Texas is probably the same, but I've been hibernating, so I'm not really sure.
1: I um I saw a meme the other day that was like a a parent yelling at three kids, and it was like, "Why is it always you three?" And then the kids' names were like California, Texas, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Problem children. Like, it's so true. Problems.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the We Are Meaningful podcast. Follow us on Instagram at wearemeaningful.co and visit our website to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. We're excited to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Talk to you next week.